Welcome to Homestead Stories, hosted by Frank Foreman. In this show, we talk to the modern homesteader to understand why they have chosen to take a step back and learn to live life at the speed of nature. Today on Homestead Stories, I'm joined by Sarah. Sarah and I met here at the Homesteaders of America conference, um, Homesteaders of America event uh, in Columbia, Tennessee. Well, Sarah, welcome to Homestead Stories. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you because a lot of our guests um, are pretty big on social media. They have big followings. Um, some of my guests don't, and you're one of them who doesn't, and you don't even have really social media platforms, but you are here learning. You're walking around with uh, a lot of books and pamphlets that you picked up or purchased. You're at different events. You're doing the VIPs thing like I am. So let Let's talk about that. Let's see. How did you get, where, where are you today? What are you, what is your vision? How, how did you get in this lifestyle? So today is actually our first week back in the state of Alabama. So I'll go ahead and say that mm-hmm. right now, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's home for us. So uh, we've moved all around, uh, my husband and I, and really uh, just haven't quite found our place to settle. And I think if I had to sum it up, it feels like the time to put down roots. And for us, I guess that means both literally and figuratively. So um, I had gotten into gardening a bit uh, a while back, just interested in the idea that everything is really connected. And so for me, that kind of pulled me in this direction of gardening and soil health and plants and animals and ecosystems. And it just goes on and on and on. And I guess I just kind of feel like this is the natural endpoint for that. This is, well, it's the natural start point for that maybe is a better way to say it. Right. So most people, like for me, I live in in suburban Southern California. We have our house and a very small yard, but we maximize what we can there. I take classes. I develop skills. I do what I can as we do transition out of there to more than likely the Pacific Northwest or uh, potentially in this area, which is what my wife would like. Um, But you guys are no longer traveling and bouncing around. So, so you stopped and you picked up 76 acres. So that's huge um, amount of property yeah. that you're taking right from the get go. Yeah. So what, what, what does that look like to you? Is, uh, and is it daunting? Is it exciting? Is it all the above? I mean, what, what's that look like? Yeah, I think more exciting than anything. I, I've been thinking about this a lot and you know, there, it feels like there's a lot of move in this direction towards homesteading, you know, kind of back to what we used to do. And I love that. And the only thing that maybe I wish was different or that I hope is continuing to evolve is that it feels like a lot of it is still maybe coming from more of a place of fear, more of a place of um, concern about what's happening and where things are going. And I know that I know that those things are out there, but actually for me, it's not that way. Uh, I'm just excited about what's possible. And so I think it's more of a pull forward and not a, you know, like running away from something. I I feel like it's that idea that if you have a big enough dream, then you don't need a crisis. And for me, I just, I live out there in the future and you know what this could be. And so for me, it's just kind of, I don't know, like dreaming all the time. Dreaming and making it a reality as well. (laughs) Yeah. That's where I need my husband. Perfect. (laughs) That's where we're a good pair. (laughs) Good. You've got the dreams. He's got the, the capability to be able to to That's make it, it happen. So yeah. you pick up 76 acres in Alabama that, that from your travels, um, what does that land look like in your dreams? 
And where are we today? Okay. So, um, in my mind in the future, it's something like, I keep saying to people, it's kind of like a, almost like a Noah's Ark. So I just imagine all sorts of different animals and plants and at least two of each, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but as it stands right now, it's, it's actually a really lovely piece of land on its own. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really fortunate. We found a piece of property that is in really good condition as far as we can tell. Uh, and so it's not so much that we're coming in and saying, we need to fix this. We need to make it into something. It's more like we feel really fortunate to, to be able to have the opportunity to be on this land and to be with it. And so it's more like, what does it want to be? Uh, and so I have this idea of what I would like it to be, uh, something, you know, peaceful and, um, beautiful and where everything works together. So it's not this linear thing. It's more of a circular experience. Uh, but ultimately I think it's going to be an ongoing type of relationship where we're there and we understand what's needed because we can see what's happening. And then we just do our best to contribute what we have to that and hopefully keeps coming back around. Well, that's, that's great. So you're talking about two of everything. (laughs) You you don't, you just, you guys just settled down. Um, are you doing the gateway drug to uh, homesteading, starting with chickens, or are you going to start with something, I don't know, like uh, calf cow pairs and raising a bunch of cattle? Yeah, well, initially I was thinking, um, I, I'm big into the permaculture space as well, and so the traditional wisdom there is you wait a year so that you can see what happens on the land so that you know you don't do something and then realize, oh, that's not the right conditions. And uh, having said that, I've actually... <laughs> I've fallen into or fallen down a rabbit hole with some of our speakers here, Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, Sean and Beth Doherty. And they are really big proponents of starting with dairy cows because of the, all the benefits that you get and all the things that they can do for the land and other animals they may bring on. So now, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we might just go for it and, uh, and start with dairy cows and, and probably chickens as well. But. Well, Beth, Beth, I believe does mention and, um, address the fact that they are able to take the sun yeah. through the grass, yeah. through the cellulose breakdown within the cattle to be able to produce proteins and fats yeah. and carbohydrates for the omnivores on the property. So she has very good logic behind yes. what she's saying. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, so I, I mean, and, and, and at some point I'm, I was told I need to talk with them and interview them and I, I, and yeah. I, pr- I probably will. I'm trying to talk to as many people as I can while we're here. Um, so, if you go with the the cows um, in within the regenerative farm community, yes. um, A two A two type cows and that'd be great. Okay, so yeah. you're you're aware of this and you're looking yeah. at that. So um, that and then your gardens. Now, have you thought about orchards and yeah. and that, I, I get it. You're looking at your environment and seeing how it's changing, but orchards you're planting for that next generation. Yeah, so sure. how's that look for you? So, um, on our specific land or just kind of in general? Both. Okay. Um, so in general, yes, uh, I, I definitely want trees to be a big part of this experience, this property. And, you know, that's kind of your long-term, well, medium to long-term investment, depending, because we're thinking yes, orchards, but also maybe even repopulating some additional hardwoods and things like that. Um, but so on this particular piece of land, I think it's going to work out that it's broken up nicely where we can have kind of a space for gardens and, um, rotational pastures right over that. And then on the back half of the land, there's some space that would be really good for, um, reforesting and also orcharding. And that makes sense. I I think because it's further away. So thinking, you know, further zone, you're going in your zone. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, um, then this is kind of even a, a stranger point, uh, 
that we'll have to see. But I also have this vision of like a tiny house village on the front part. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's not strange. Okay. <laughs> it, it, but so you're normal. Okay. Okay. Good. There you okay. Go. Even if it wasn't, that's okay. Yeah. I'll own mm -hmm. it. But um, what I what I really love to do. Um, I made a, a great friend the last place that we lived. Uh, she's an artist, and uh, she was really inspiring to me just seeing how she approached life and how she lived her life. And uh, and at the same time, um, I, f I found it a little bit sad that she still had to kind of live the normal life. You know, she mm -hmm. she clearly had art and inspiration inside of her that she really wanted to give and that the world would be better off to have. And she wasn't able to do that as much as she would like because of, you know, we live in the real world and there are things that we have to do sometimes. But what I'd really like to do is have little artist um, residencies mm -hmm. in those little tiny houses. So anyways. No, that's a, a great idea. Thing, so so my friend Corey uh, Brick and, and we, his, inter his interview, actually I did interview him yeah. and his episode will come out uh, well, since we're switching to every other week, yeah. several weeks before yours. Um, he started, uh, homesteading, uh, about 14, 15 years ago, four years homesteading, then transitioned into market gardening and some other things, but he's taken his land and actually is diversifying it. And he's yeah. got the glamping sites on there now. So and he's looking at schools and so, and such. So, um, I don't think what you're talking about is really that far okay. off. You're, 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 <laughs> you're actually taking your land and you're making it you're a producer, right? You're increasing your, what you can do on there and you're, you're using the land. So setting up an environment for an artist uh, to come and step away yeah. and to be able to slow down is is beneficial for you and your bottom line, yeah. but it's also beneficial for them so they have a place to be creative. So yeah, yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's, and that's the thing with, with developing lands and, and developing your space because it is just that it's yours and how does it look to you no one else needs to it doesn't really even matter so but you're looking at integration of permaculture ideas uh, ideals uh, rotational grazing yeah. uh, reforestation which is <laughs> which is which is really important yeah. um, and if you're looking at pigs are you looking at, at silvo pasturing them and placing them in the forest that you have so eventually that would be really cool. I think the land that we have maybe isn't immediately best suited because we don't have a lot of brush and shrubbery and, and, um, an actual forested space. It's more pasture, mm -hmm. um, which is great for the cows and just for getting started. But I don't, I, I'm a little concerned that we wouldn't have enough room for lots of pigs to be forested. And I would really like to forest them if we did that, but yeah. I'm not opposed to having pigs. Yeah. I'm just still, I'm still researching. So that's right. all of this. No, you're, you're in a great, a great space right now. I mean, you can do the silver pasture if you have that capacity yeah. but you also don't need to as long as you're providing them the shelter so yeah. they can get out of the sun and exactly. not burn like i do yeah. um <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> but uh no I, I i i love hearing what you're having to say because you've got a ton of energy because this is you you've got your land you've got the dreams you've got your husband who could make it happen yeah. and and when we first were meet, met here uh after uh, a panel had discussed that was one of the reasons that i wanted to talk with you because you had every book that's around here and, and <laughs> yeah. the excitement. And so, um, and I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of um, very popular homesteaders and yeah. people who aren't so popular. And I think it's really important for people that, who are dreaming of this to be able to understand that it shouldn't just remain a dream, but to continue. Yeah. So you're, how did you, how did you make that transition from dream to reality i mean and, and you know you said you were moving around and yeah. you it's time to set roots but what what was the big prompt just to pull the trigger and do it 
So the last place that we lived, uh, we actually, as I said, just moved back this week, was, um, of all places, the Netherlands. Uh, we moved out there for an adventure right around COVID and then lived there just basically all during COVID. And um, it sounds crazy, but it was a great time, um, not to negate anything that happened. But, I mean, we had a great experience there meeting our neighbors and really having quite a deep experience because we couldn't go anywhere and do mm-hmm. anything. So it was very different than what we thought. All of that to say... We were reevaluating at the end of this two-year point what we wanted to do, and it just felt right to be back, to come back out this way. And we were thinking about, my husband and I, you know, what is it that we want to do then? If we're going to come back, you know, what are we doing? What are we putting our lives towards? What is it that we want to spend our time on? And I couldn't think of anything better than something like this, than basically taking all the things that I've been interested in and putting them into action. And, um, and so it, you know, it's kind of funny, actually, as soon as we decided that, as soon as we said, okay, we're moving back and okay, that's what we're going to do. Things kind of just started falling in place. And, um, I don't know how to explain it. I don't, I don't have a way to explain it. So I'm just grateful for it because it feels like we have this dream and, um, we're, we're being given the opportunity to, to bring it to life. And mm-hmm. so I don't take that lightly. No, that, well, it doesn't sound like it either. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are you are you able to stay full-time and dedicate everything to this? Or do you guys have outside jobs that you have to, to be able to fund this this yeah. lifestyle? Yeah, so um, so my husband is, is still working full-time. And um, I coach, I do coaching. And so I wouldn't say that's full-time because it's just kind of ad hoc. Um, but I really enjoy that. So I'm not planning to stop. Um, I really like talking with people. In fact, my favorite thing is talking about what other people are excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of like I'm yeah. talking to you about what you're <laughs> exactly, excited about. Exactly. Yeah. Role reversal. Here. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, I just usually don't do it recorded, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I really love that. I think, um, I get inspired hearing other people's dreams and also just being a sounding board so that they can talk through what it is they want to do. And, um, and I think it has filled me up and now I feel like this is the thing. But to your question, um, he's still going to work full time, but mostly just because he loves what he's doing. Um, and, you know, if that ever changes, then he won't. But that's part of why we're moving this direction as well. So not just the dream, but also the practicality of the idea. This this type of life allows you to take, mm, I don't want to say more control because I actually don't like the idea of control, but it allows you to maybe have more sovereignty in your life and to say, this is how I want to live my life. You know, these are the things I want to eat. I know how it was grown. I know where all these things came from. And so, you know, if he ever decided not to do that, we want to be able to be in a place that that's okay. Um, so that's definitely part of it. Yeah, no, that's great. And so, um, with that, uh, and the food to grow, do you, do you have any background in cooking or preparing that food and if not, then what's your plans to do that? So, because it's really interesting. <laughs> a lot of people are like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Yeah. But they're really accustomed to the hamburger helper yeah. put inside the meat and you cook it up or the microwave for this. Yeah. But, but taking raw food and eating it in a healthy way, yeah. um, what's your, what have you done to prepare for that? Yeah. So, um, I, I don't have professional training, um, but, the last two years, actually, one of the things that we did is every week we, uh, so we, we had this little jar and we put, um, different ingredients on little pieces of paper in the jar. And every week we would draw a new one and they were usually things that we weren't familiar with or hadn't eaten or just didn't eat very much. And the idea was kind of like a, you know, food network style challenge, like figure out a way to make this and learn about it and whatever. And, um, 
And so I'm, I'm not saying I'm now qualified to cook five-star, you know, delicious meals or whatever, but, um, but I, I, we feel a lot more comfortable and I, I have to say, looking back on it, it was one of those little incremental things that just each new thing that we added and each new, you know, fruit or vegetable or recipe that we tried, it's kind of just built on itself. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I think we feel really comfortable about being able to experiment and cook with different things and, and definitely the things we eat all the time. So yeah, I, I feel okay about it and still learning. Right. But that whole concept of incremental growth is what you get to employ also on this property. Totally. And so, uh, the incremental growth of, of trees, for instance, they take a long time to grow obviously. Yeah. And you're talking reforestation yeah. of some of the, the natural trees. So Jason and Iris Gardner, they were in episode two. Yeah. Um, Jason's big hunter and what he does, he refor he repopulates or reforests the land around him. Yeah. Uh, he feels that every, every animal he takes, he wants to provide food for every, for three additional. So, um, by doing that and adding some of the nut trees and such back really does provide. And you know, what's really interesting is, um, I've been here for several days now and, uh, not just in this area, but in, in, uh, in North Carolina and such, and li listening to the history and learning the history of the American chestnut tree, how it disappeared, yes. but they are working hard to try to bring it back. And, yes. and, but the, the blight that took it is still in the trees today. So when they try to grow, it dies right away. So I think it's a really nice, a great, great aspect of reforesting, repopulating, especially when it's been cleared for pasture. Totally. So your land right now has horses. Yes. And um, have, what's your goals or your thoughts about trying to um, restore the land? I mean, it looks really good now, but restoring the land uh, to decrease the impact from horses. And, and we were talking before we started recording, uh, people often will utilize dewormers for yeah. horses. And unfortunately, when you add dewor a dewormer to a horse, the manure doesn't necessarily break down quickly. So uh, on part of your property, the horses are still there. So are you going to look, what's your thoughts about trying to look into ways or, or have you looked into ways to move beyond uh, the horse and uh, make a better area for your animals? Yeah. So I'm still researching. Uh, so full transparency. Um, however, the, the kind of one thing that I come back to when you raise that is um, I know that the probably, well, bacteria and fungi are decomposers, right? Um, so if, if we're talking about cleaning up the soil, kind of re almost regardless of what it is, that feels like the place to look. Uh, so I don't have the answer, but I feel like, you know, all of those things that we probably talk about anyway in terms of like bringing more organic matter to the soil, compost, um, you know, from animals not on wormer. Mm -hmm. um, and also uh, there are some really interesting things that I had seen, for example, like different specialty techniques like Korean natural farming. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Huh. Oh, it's... It, I'm not even going to try to explain all of it, but the part of it that I saw that was really interesting was this idea of um, kind of culturing your own fungi in the forest that's on your land. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating that this is just one of the techniques that they do. So I'm, this is not the whole thing, but, but this got me excited about it because uh, they basically take rice and um, like cooked rice and put it in a box and they put it out like into the forest on your own land. And it, essentially it grows fungi mm -hmm. that are in your own forest nice. and you can then use that as like an inoculant it kind of like people make um uh what is it called not worm tea but um uh, yeah compost, compost tea, tea. Compost yeah tea. thank you sorry mm -hmm. um but you can do something really similar then with that fungi and in that way you're I, I think the idea is just like we do with compost it's speeding up the succession a bit so 
anyway, long, long answer that really actually isn't totally founded, but those are the places that well, I'm it, starting to research. Right. It's uh, Well, it is founded in the sense that it's founded in your process to be able to find a solution yeah. to this situation. <laughs> yeah. And so um, it's one of the things you're looking at, which is great because, uh, and I'm going to look into that because I'd never heard of that yeah. one, which is one reason I like talking to everybody because I get to figure more things yeah. out. So it sounds like you've t spent a lot of time as uh, to researching permaculture, regenerative agriculture and so forth. What, what, what prompted that initially? I, I think I'm addicted to learning. Okay. If I were to confess, um, which I say proudly because I actually really enjoy it. And also, as you can see, books are the way to my heart. Right. So um, I honestly just love learning. I, I think probably it's similar to what you were just describing, actually, you know, talking with people or in this case, talking with people one-sided through books. But it's just this idea, I think, of seeing through as many eyes as possible. And I'm, I recognize that they'll only take you so far. So I'm, I, I think I, I'm grounded enough to understand that at some point I'm just going to have to do the things and try the things. But, um, but I really enjoy hearing what other people have done. And so part of it is just in general, I just love reading and learning. Um, but part of it is I'm fascinated by the connections and everything. And every book I read kind of takes another little piece and like maybe brings the puzzle more into focus. And so it just feels like this kind of fuzzy picture that's just starting to get more and more clear with every new person that I learn from. Oh, that's, that's great. And okay, I'm going to butcher the word. No, I'm not. I'm going to do it right. So the, the, the philosophy of learning epistemology, yeah. uh, my understanding of, of that approach is that you need to, um, have training, education and experience. Yes. So you've got the education and you've got the training and now you're gaining the experience with your own land. So yes. um, it's that triad that really helps things grow and people people uh, grow from that and things get really good. So your property right now seems to be beautiful, but you're going to even make it better. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's the hope. And, and it feels like a reciprocal process as well, right? So it's like this idea that, um, you know, we're coming to this with, good intentions and hopefully some context. And so the idea is we'll be able to contribute to the land, but then we'll also be changed in the process. So my hope is that it's just this ongoing reciprocal becoming. Yeah. Sounds great. So in the interest of time, yeah. this is actually one of our shorter podcasts <laughs> because I'm getting looked at by the people who are closing <laughs> this venue down for the day. Um, what is, what does homesteading mean to you? This lifestyle, the, yeah. this, this, this concept that what, what you're doing, what does it mean to you? I think, um, two words came to mind when you asked, and I haven't thought about this in that way a lot yet, but, um, freedom and fulfillment. Um, so the ability to live the way that we want to live and then, um, um, in a meaningful way. So I think, and I think that speaks for my husband as well. I hope so. Well, Sarah, I do appreciate your time and I really love that answer and it's simple, basic, but is really powerful. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and um, good luck on all the dreams uh, and good luck to your husband finding the time to uh, build them out for you. Yes. So, all right. Thank you so much. Sarah. Thank you very much. <laughs>